Hey there, and welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. Trying to improve our health and wellness with ADHD can feel like an uphill battle. Neurotypical advice tends to be complicated, rigid, and quite honestly, kind of boring. Us ADHDers thrive off of fun and need to be supported by people who just get us and the way our brain works. And most importantly, we need to feel encouraged and inspired instead of shamed. No falling off of any hypothetical wagons here. I'm Chelsea Eithoven and I'm a health and mindset coach who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Stick around and together we can explore, learn, and play our way to a more vibrant lifestyle. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the podcast. Or welcome if it's your first time, of course. Now, if you've been here for a while, you may have noticed some changes around here. We did a total rebrand to the podcast, and I'm so freaking excited about it, you guys. Oh my gosh. So I've known for a little while now that I wanted to take this podcast and kind of narrow down my focus to just be health and mindset for women with ADHD specifically. Now, of course, if you've been listening and you enjoy it, and if you don't fall into that category, you are still more than welcome to listen in. And I'm sure that you will get value too. But I just felt in my soul that getting more specific would be more valuable to more people because, of course, as I've talked about before, the things that I talk about and my experience with health and wellness and mindset has a lot to do with the fact that I have ADHD. <laughs> so for the first time, officially welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD, the podcast. Oh, I'm so freaking excited. So if you're new here, we talk all about health and wellness and mainly helping you create a more positive mindset around these things because positive thoughts breed more positive results and kind of help us move in the direction that we want to be moving in. And I guess since we're kind of starting over here, I should probably introduce myself as well for anyone who's newly joining us. I am Chelsea Eithoven, and I'm a health and mindset coach, and I was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Guys, I spent 30 whole years of my life thinking that there was just something wrong with me and that I needed to try harder to be less impulsive, to be more structured, to be less scatterbrained, to be more consistent. OMG, how freaking exhausting, right? <laughs> so now I want to help other women with ADHD improve their health and mindset, but without all the stuff that traditional health programs come with like boredom, you know, shame, falling off the hypothetical wagon. There is no freaking wagon and we haven't fallen off of it. And I don't think that life is meant to be lived continuously trying to shove ourselves into boxes that we just don't fit into or getting back onto hypothetical wagons that are freaking no fun at all, right? <laughs> So as ADHDers, I think that we kind of got to do things a little bit different, right? And that is what we're going to talk about on this podcast. It's my mission as a coach to help you figure out what works for you specifically. Yes, you. I don't want to force what works for me onto you. Of course, I will be sharing what works for me, but the main goal of this podcast is to re-empower you that 
to help you find the structures and the things that work for you in your health and wellness, because I think it's so individual. And I'm just truly so excited to have you here, whether this is your first time or you've been here from the very beginning when we used to be Vibrancy Radio, which was just last episode. It's a brand new change. But thank you for being here. This is a new chapter and I'm just thrilled about it. And I'm thrilled that you get to move through it with me. So let's talk about my hyper focus of the week. Again, if you're new here, this is the part where I share with you something completely random that I'm obsessing over this week. And to be honest, a lot of times is something that has to do with health and wellness or mindset or something like that. But sometimes it's just not. Sometimes it's just whatever I'm freaking out about, whatever I'm super excited about and whatever I can't get enough of just because I think it's fun. And I think other people with ADHD can totally relate to the hyperfocus. And so I like to share them with you. Sometimes it'll be a tip. Sometimes it'll be a trick. It might be a resource, a book, a podcast. Uh, It could be an item. And if it's an item, then I'll always link it in the show notes. So my, what I am obsessing over this week, my latest hyperfocus is Colleen Hoover books. Oh my gosh. Have any of you guys read Colleen Hoover books? Okay. So I read the book Layla. And I finished it in like probably two days and I immediately ordered Verity and I finished Verity in like two days. And so now I ordered It Ends With Us and that one is on the way to me in the mail and I cannot wait until it gets here. Oh my gosh. So hear me out. Reading, but like for pleasure, not just for education, right? I used to be such a bookworm when I was younger and I'll be honest, like the past few years, that's kind of fallen off. Like I haven't really been reading with the, I used to just read, like I had an insatiable obsession with books and I would just read and read and read and read, right? When I was a kid. But I kind of got into this this rut with reading where I would always buy self-development books. And don't get me wrong, I'm obsessed with self-development books. I freaking love them. They're so interesting to me. I always wanna be improving myself, but I just feel like they don't catch me the same way that fiction does. And now that I'm reading it just purely for pleasure again, it's kind of reignited that my love for reading. And I'm just like so excited about these books. And I just wanted to share it with you because if any of you guys like the type of books and TV shows that I like, I thought that you might like these as well. So again, the author is called Colleen Hoover. And I would say it's like her books are a mix of psychological thrillers and romance. So if you like some of the TV shows that are those kinds of TV shows, so some examples are the show You. Oh my gosh, I whipped through that show. Behind Her Eyes, The Undoing, those kind of TV shows like that. If you like those, then you should totally check out Colleen Hoover's books. They are so good. Verity and Layla are the ones that I've read so far, and they are incredible. And I'll probably be posting on my Instagram about some other ones that I read. And if this It Ends With Us one turns out being really good, then I will let you know that on my Instagram. But yeah, I just want to share that with you because my love for reading has been reignited through these books and it's incredible. I will also say part of that is due to the fact that I started medication like a month ago and I can actually read, like focus on a line and focus on the paragraphs in the book and not keep getting distracted and having to read things over and over and over again. So that's been super nice. 
All right, so let's move on from the hyperfocus of the week. This week's was super random. I will put a link to two of those books in the show notes. But let's move on to the topic of today's episode. And I really wanted to start this new podcast with kind of a bang and like a big, juicy topic. So we're going to talk about what, in my opinion, are the two keys to growth towards your goals with ADHD. Now, this is my personal opinion. And from the clients that I've worked with already that have ADHD and myself, I have found that these two things really help us just flourish and move towards our goals and finally get that growth that we kind of crave moving towards our goals rather than constantly spinning our wheels. So as always, I also think that this is really relevant for people without ADHD as well. And I'll probably say that on quite a few episodes, at least in the near future, just because ever since starting to post about ADHD on Instagram and TikTok, people will comment and say, well, this is also true for people who don't have ADHD, right? And I'm not going to deny that. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, us people with ADHD, we're still human, right? We have things in common with other humans. We are not aliens, right? I just think sometimes we need a little bit more support than other people. And so they have a hard time understanding that, right? And it's not my job to figure out what works for every human on planet earth. And now that I have become a coach that works specifically with women with ADHD, my job is to decipher what does and what doesn't work for women with ADHD in the context of their health and wellness and mindset. And if people without ADHD benefit from the information too, that is such a plus. That makes me so happy. I'm excited about that, right? But for people with ADHD, in my experience and from what I've seen, I think without these two things that I'm going to share today, we kind of crumble. I think these are like the building blocks of success and these are crucial, right? Now, again, You have ADHD if you're listening to this, probably, or a loved one of yours has ADHD, but we are still our own humans, right? So I recognize this isn't across the board, but I would venture to say most people with ADHD need a bit more of these two things. I give all these disclaimers because people on social media have a way of twisting your words, you know, and and making it seem like you're saying that this works for every person in this category or that this this works for this does not work for the people outside of that category, and that's not what I'm saying at all. We don't have to have it so rigid, right? It can be both. It can be all. And I'm curious thus far, do you have any idea what these two things are? These two keys to growth towards your goals? I'm so curious if anyone has guessed them. And just think in your head right now, what do you think that they are if you didn't already peek at the show notes, right? If you did and you guessed both of them correctly, then message me on Instagram. I would freaking love to know that. That would be so fun to me. My Instagram is brightlightchelse. If you don't already follow me on there and on TikTok, I post things specifically for women with ADHD. And if you have ADHD, you might enjoy coming to follow. Okay, so what are the two things? What are these two keys? You ready? Number one is structure, and number two is self-compassion. 
So let's talk about each of them individually and why I think they matter for growth towards your goals. And really, we're talking about goals in any area, okay? I just want to say that before we dive in. This could be goal, financial goals that you have, career goals, could be health goals, weight goals, whatever it is that you're thinking of. I think that these two things could be could help you move towards your goals. Okay, so number one, structure. I have a feeling some of y'all are going to fight me on this one. (laughs) I understand, okay? I don't really love structure. I do, but I don't. It's such this conundrum, right? With ADHD, we know we need it, but sometimes we rebel against it because it seems like it's going to be boring and repetitive. And and also, we we struggle to trust ourselves. So we're like, well, I can't uphold the structure for the rest of my life, right? We think that it means that we have to do it forever. And I don't think that's the case. I think even though we rebel against structure, we kind of need some sort of structure in place if we truly want to thrive. And we don't have to be perfect with it. It doesn't have to last forever. It doesn't have to be that you created this type of structure and now you have to do it every single day for the rest of your life, right? But just having a way that our brain can organize different tasks and make it a little bit less overwhelming and have a structure in our brain can be so helpful, right? We often get stuck in that overwhelm and procrastination loop where we think about a task and there's so many different parts of it or moving towards a big goal, so many different parts of it that we just get so overwhelmed and we kind of shut down and then we procrastinate and we don't end up moving anywhere, right? So let me get it, give you a couple examples where structure can make a difference in your life. So one area that I really thrive in is feeding my family, which right now is just me and my husband. (laughs) Like, I'm really good at this. This is my thing. It's easy to me. I can plan meals. I can cook meals. It's so easy for me to, like, manage that part of my life. I don't find it overwhelming. I even look forward to it each week. Like, I love cooking. I love planning meals. I like even going to the grocery store, not all the time, but most of the time I like going to the grocery store. And if that's not your thing or you just can't understand how I could do this so easily, trust me, it was not always that way. I totally used to be so overwhelmed with this. And like the thought of cooking one meal made me want to melt down because like there's just so many parts and pieces and moving things. And I just felt so overwhelmed and I had no structure and I didn't know how to, like I'm thinking back in my early twenties when I wanted to start quote unquote eating healthier and I had no idea where to start. I was just so overwhelmed and I made lots of mistakes along the way, right? But adding structure to this time and adding structure to this part of my life is what made the difference for me to have cooking and planning meals go from super overwhelming to easy peasy. That is That made such a big difference for me. And that's a pattern that I notice. When I can create some kind of structure, a structure that works particularly for me, right? Not, not necessarily one that somebody else created and that I follow, although sometimes it's helpful to get input or a guide or get different ideas from people. It usually has to be pretty individualized. Now, Let's talk about an area that I don't really thrive in as much, (laughs) and that would be work, okay? So yes, if I'm being totally honest and vulnerable with you here, (sighs) 
trust me, it's never easy to tell a public platform where anybody could listen to this, the things that you struggle with. Okay. So anybody who does this, just know it's not easy. So I struggle with my work and getting all the things done that I need to get done. And I struggle with overwhelm and I struggle with procrastination and I struggle with managing it all. And oh, you know, and sometimes I avoid it because it's just so much, right? Because you might be thinking like, okay, well, you're a health coach and a mindset coach. You just said you're so good at feeding your family and planning that isn't that essentially your job and then you just share it with other people, right? And I mean, yes and no, right? Obviously, I've got to have that background knowledge to be able to share with other people and have my own experiences and things that I've gone through and moved through and been able to grow in that area so that I can help other people get that same transformation, right? But that's like, that's just the very beginning. My work includes all kinds of things. Being an entrepreneur and the founder of my business, I get so overwhelmed of all the things that I've got to do that I just go into freeze mode a lot of the time. Just a tiny glimpse of some things that I do. I create programs for people. I've done one-on-one programs. I've done group programs. I'm working on a membership. So creating those programs and everything that involves creating programs, like building out the coaching programs, building a scope of transformation for my clients that works specifically for them, knowing, you know, where to start and where to end and where they want to go and creating those programs with the end goal in mind, creating all the things that have to do with the program, right? So videos and audio for those programs, creating the worksheets, designing the website, writing copy, creating marketing funnels, doing all the marketing things, right? Being active on social media, creating lead generations, responding to things on social media, managing my business account finances, hiring out people that can help me like my freaking incredible podcast editor, Paroma. What else? Writing this podcast, recording it, keeping on top of all the secretarial work. Oh, that's just like, Genuinely, you guys, that's like 25% of what I need to do to keep my business afloat. And I'll be honest with you, right now, I don't yet have a great structure to make sure that I'm consistently doing all the things to put it into autopilot like I have done with my meal planning, right? P.S. If you have a structure that works for you or you have resources or coaches or people to share with me, preferably people with ADHD or coaches with ADHD, that can help with this and can help with business, please DM me on Instagram and share with me. I would love a resource for this because like I said, this is not my expertise and I need help with it. So I'm going to recruit you to help me. Message me and let me know who you have for me that can help me with this part of my life, build some structure in this part of my life. Now, how I feel about work and the fact that I really at this point don't have a whole lot of structure, I'm just kind of like, you know, mucking my way through it. Some of you may feel this way about feeding your family, right? Or or creating meal, meal plans for yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, I've got to pick out the meals for every dinner. I've got to account for all my family's allergies. Somehow I've got to find meals that everyone likes. And then what are we going to do for breakfast? What about packing lunches? What about snacks? And then I've got to make a grocery list. And then like, shoot, I can't even remember where I wrote down my meals that were planned. 
oh, well, now where did I find those meals? Where can I find the list of ingredients? I don't even remember what meals I'm cooking. And then you've got to go to the grocery store and get all the things, so many things, right? And then you've got to cook it, right? Where do you start cooking it? And oh, I don't have that kind of pan or oops, I forgot to shred the cheese or like you bought random items that you're like, why the heck did I buy chickpeas? What recipe uses chickpeas? I have no idea, right? And then you're like, okay, I forgot about the leftovers again. And they went bad in the fridge, all that money down the drain. And shoot, there's that freaking moldy bag of spinach that I bought last week that also went bad. And then we're just like, ugh. I'm not doing this again. I'm just freaking ordering pizza. I'm not wasting my money planning all these meals, right? That's what that area can look like. And that's honestly what used to be my thoughts about meal prep and food prep. And now my thoughts about it are easy peasy, right? So what is the difference and what changed that? was a little bit of structure. Because when we don't have a structure, we're looking at all the things we have to do and it's so overwhelming. But if we have a structure, we know that we can plug in the pieces that we need and easily have success with meal and food prep without all that overwhelm. Again, I haven't yet found that in my work life and I'm in the process of figuring that out, but it can make such a big difference. And I'm sure when I find a structure that works well for me in my work life, it will make such a big difference just like it did in this area. So why does structure make such a big difference? I think it's because it stops our brains from spinning and spinning and gives us a step-by-step process that we can easily follow time and time again. And it removes the overwhelm and the procrastination and therefore kind of takes us out of freeze mode and into action, right? A lot of us, we don't want structure, but it can really make a big difference. And with meal prep, I know, (laughs) I know some of you, are probably dying for me to share my structure that works for me for meal prep. So what I will do for you is right now I'll take a moment to briefly explain the structure that works for me. This is not a complete vision of the whole structure, right? I'll do a later, a full episode on that because maybe something might work for you and you can take that. But I'll just say this now, this is about finding what works for you. And what works for me may not work for every person with ADHD. And I also had to build up to this and I had to use a lot of trial and error to figure out what works for me, which is what you'll have to do as well. It's super individualized. But that being said, I know some of you are like, just tell us, what is it that works for you? Maybe I could try it and it might work for me. So I am gonna share that with you briefly. So my structure for meal planning goes a little bit like this. So we do it on a weekly basis. And for each week, I plan two dinners a week. And then my husband plans two dinners a week that we are responsible for cooking. Okay, so I cook the meals that I plan and he cooks the meals that he plans. So when we're doing those meals, so we each have two meals that we're responsible for. We always make enough for leftovers. So that will be our lunch for the next day. Okay. And then we each plan our own breakfasts. So we don't have to worry about lunch because those are usually leftovers. And there's always at least one day of leftovers, sometimes multiple days. And then we each plan our own breakfast. So I don't have to worry about my husband's breakfast. He doesn't have to worry about mine. I, he does like some fancy shit, you know, but I keep mine super simple and literally will get stuff for like a sandwich, like a turkey sandwich with a little bit of mayo on there and eat some raw veggies on the side. 
just uh, so simple because I don't want to have to think about it too much, right? I just want to be able to grab and go. So there you have it. Like that is basically the basic structure. Again, there's lots of meals in there that are not being accounted for yet. So I'm not going to overwhelm you with every detail, but that's the basic outline of every week. And I have a standing note in my phone that's like pinned to the top of my notes so that I never lose it. And in that note, I type in exactly what I'm cooking and where I found the recipe, right? So each week I'm finding those two new recipes. And that part is fun because it it like kind of changes things up, right? But I'll type in my note exactly what I plan on cooking. So for example, what we had last night and I typed in my note is, I typed in my note, skinny chili mac from Stay Fit Mom TikTok and broccoli on the side. So I didn't forget the side dish. And now I know what I'm making and exactly where I found it. So I know that I saved it on TikTok. I can go to my saved TikToks and find it. And it makes it so much easier because I do look for look for recipes on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Pinterest. So adding that detail in there is crucial. And then knowing exactly where to go in my phone notes to find my recipes and find those plans is also crucial. So I'll type in what I planned for those two meals and what I planned for my breakfast. And I write down where I found those, right? And again, any obscure things like the, the broccoli on the side, I'll write that down because otherwise I'll be like, why did I buy broccoli? I have no idea. And then it goes bad, right? So that's how I plan my meals. And then I have this little printout that I created that I use to organize my grocery list as I'm writing it. So one big grocery list is so difficult to look at. The super simple worksheet I created it divides the list up into sections of the grocery store. So like there's a section for produce, there's a section for aisles, there's a section for like that deli dairy, you know, like the meat and the dairy and all that stuff that's along the outside. There's a section for freezer and a section for things that are not food. So it's just a little printout. Also, if you want a copy of that, it's so simple, but if you want a copy, I'll send you one completely for, for free. Just DM me on Instagram and I will send it to you. So DM me on Instagram and ask me for the 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 grocery list, you know, the grocery printout. Ask me for that and I will email that to you. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> I say that's pretty much it. That probably sounds pretty complex, but it's honestly pretty simple because I know I'm planning two meals and a breakfast. I know I'm plugging it into my phone and I'm plugging the groceries into that list. And I just do that and I plug and play every single week. And I don't have to think about it too much, right? And Again, there's more to it, but for the most part, it's pretty simple. It works for me. It works for my husband and it solves the problem of overwhelm because I'm doing some, you know, it solves solves the problem of overwhelm because all I'm doing new each time is finding two new recipes. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel every single time. And if new recipes even sound overwhelming, then I go back to like a go-to that I can cook with my eyes closed. Like one for me is like spaghettis with spaghettis, spaghetti with some veggies chopped up and a meat sauce. And like, that is it. So simple. I can do it so easily. Oh, and lots of cheese on top, of course. But I keep it fun and exciting and get that dopamine by finding new fun recipes that sound delicious each week. So that's structure. 
Okay. And I hope I didn't overwhelm you. I hope you haven't like turned off the podcast and ran away screaming because I know it can feel overwhelming, but that doesn't have to be your form of structure. Your form of structure could be so much simpler, right? Your form of structure might be, I pick a protein, I pick a carb and I pick a veggie each week and I I make that, right? Or your form of structure might be that you auto renew home chef boxes so that you don't even have to think about what you're cooking. Or, you know, you might delegate that out to somebody else or your structure might be that you have like some of those meal kit delivery services, the ones that you don't even have to cook that just shows up on your door and it's already a pre-cooked meal in a container, you know, I've done those before too. And those are awesome. So just having a structure and like put your mind at ease and it doesn't have to think about it so much. So kind of summing this one up, I think some form of structure can help us move through overwhelm and get us into action in whatever area of our life that we want to make growth. And I also think that individuality is important with this structure because allowing ourselves time and lots of trial and error to find the structure that works for us is so crucial here. It's not a one-size-fits-all type of thing. And also allowing yourself to switch it up And edit that structure and change it and not be perfect with it is super important too. Okay, so that was key number one to growth towards your goals with ADHD. Let's move on to the second key to growth. And that one is (gasps) self-compassion. And this is the one, this is the one that I think so much neurotypical advice is lacking And this is the one that I think I probably am not just speaking for myself, but I'm speaking for a lot of people with ADHD that I just craved was compassion from others for what I, for what I was experiencing and certain things that were hard for me, but also being able to give that to myself. So I would argue this one might be even more important than structure. They're both super important, right? I couldn't just pick one, but this one's huge, 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 huge for us ADHDers. And we have a hard time with this one too. Not just because ADHD is so stigmatized, but because we we struggle with emotions and, and big, intense emotions and emotional impulsivity. And so sometimes we just don't give ourselves the self-compassion that we deserve. So I found a definition for self-compassion, and it's from selfcompassion.org. Sounds super reliable, right? (laughs) So what it said is that self-compassion entails being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. I feel like I should say it one more time. Self-compassion entails being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. How good is that? Oh my gosh. How often do you give yourself the gift of self-compassion when you suffer or you fail or you feel inadequate? Do you give yourself self-compassion or do you give yourself criticism? I think this one's so important, especially for people with ADHD, because honestly, we are not always going to stick to that structure that we put in place, right? So number one was structure, but are we going to be able to perfectly uphold that structure 100% of the time? 
I don't think so. I, I think it's pretty inevitable that we will eventually at some point either not use the structure or fall off of it or need a new structure, right? This is pretty true for most humans, right? I don't think many humans are perfect, <laughs> but especially if we have ADHD, we're going to fall off that structure. And if we have a really rigid structure and zero self-compassion, what does that look like and what, what would happen then? So let's look at an example. So let's use diet as an example, okay? You set up a certain structure for yourself, some kind of diet that you're going to follow, and you're going, you say you're going to start eating a certain way, right? So a great example is when we label our eating, right? So like we say, okay, from now on, I'm eating clean, or I'm eating vegan, or I'm eating paleo, right? That is, that would qualify as the structure you're following, right? The structure has very strict rules of what you can and can't eat. There might be the structure of intermittent fasting where you, you can't eat in a certain window, whatever it is, okay? So whatever it is, I'm not going to judge that. But the structure that you choose, you've got that. Check, okay? Then what's going to happen though, okay? I, I, I want to make sure to put this the correct way because this isn't a bad thing. But inevitably, we're going to screw up. Whatever your structure is, okay? It's your, your, you can almost anticipate that and expect that. I, in fact, I think it's healthy and good to expect that you're not going to be perfect because <laughs> if we expect that we're going to be perfect, I think we're disappointed when we're not inevitably not perfect. So inevitably you're going to screw it up somehow, right? Let's say you're, you're, let's say you're vegan. That's what you chose as your structure. And you accidentally eat something that may, it could happen on accident or on purpose, right? So you accidentally eat something that the sauce wasn't fully vegan. It was made with chicken broth and you didn't know that, right? That's an example of how you broke the structure on accident and you didn't know it until afterwards. Or you could choose to eat something because it sounds good in the moment, right? Like you're like, okay, I'm just gonna eat this freaking cupcake even though it has butter and milk and all the things, right? And eggs. You choose to eat something in the moment because it sounds good. Hello, impulsivity, my old friend, right? So those are a couple ways that you have broken said structure. And what do we do most of the time when we break that structure? All or nothing thinking can be super prevalent for us ADHDers. So we've now broken our structure in some tiny way, and we start thinking all these negative all or nothing type thoughts, right? Whether the, the thoughts are about ourselves or about our future, right? From this one choice, we now start thinking like, oh my gosh, I freaking suck. I have no willpower. Why couldn't I just not eat one cupcake? Really? You have to eat every cupcake you see? What is wrong with you? I will literally never be able to reach my goals now. This is ridiculous. If I can't even do it and it's only been three days, how am I going to do it for the rest of my life? This is so dumb. I should just give up now. You know, I, literally, I fucked it up. I'm just going to give up now. Or I'm going to start again on Monday, right? These are the thoughts that we say to ourselves when we don't have any self-compassion. When there's no grace for those moments of quote unquote failure, right? These thoughts end up leading to self-sabotage because you momentarily, then you decide that it's not worth it and you give up and you stop all efforts moving towards your goals. So you completely break the structure and then you have no structure and you end up 
like spiraling. And then you are even more disappointed with yourself. How many times have you done this? I'm going to be honest with you. I had done it so many times, right? Like, let's all be honest here. We're human. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. If you think I'm perfect, hi, I'm not. (laughs) And I don't ever want you to think that I am, right? I am a human and I'm along this journey right alongside you. And I'm a human with ADHD. So I'm pretty far from perfect. I have done this, right? And it's not something like I've moved past. I I do it way less now than I used to because I've learned a lot of strategies and structures to not do this, but still not perfect. Okay. So if you're thinking about judging yourself for because you judge yourself, don't do that. We're not going to layer on negative emotions on top of negative emotions. That's no fun, right? Okay, so I went off on a tangent there. Let's reimagine the same scenario, but with self-compassion, right? So you have the structure, you messed it up, but you also have self-compassion for yourself. With self-compassion, we have the ability to think more positive thoughts about ourselves and about our situations and about our actions. And more positive thoughts will breed more positive outcomes and will be less likely to result in that self-sabotage. So with some self-compassion, your thoughts, instead of those like negative berating thoughts, might sound a little bit more like this. They might sound like, wow, I am pretty disappointed in that choice I just made. And it's okay to feel disappointed in myself sometimes. I'm a human and I'm a human with ADHD. I make mistakes. It's inevitable. But luckily, my goal is not to be perfect. My goal is to grow, right? And move towards where I want to be. And I give myself permission to continue loving myself in this moment. I can still grow without perfection. How does that feel in your body in comparison to that other one, that other stream of thoughts? How does that feel? To me, that feels a lot better. To me, that feels like self-compassion and forgiveness and the, the empathy that I want from other people. We can give that to ourselves. And those thoughts that help us feel better typically help us make more positive choices, right? That makes it easier to just gently continue the journey that you're on and say, you know what? I eat one cupcake, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my structure at the next meal and it's not a big deal. I enjoyed the hell out of that cupcake, right? And I'm going to break that structure and it's kind of meant to happen, right? It's not getting off the wagon or getting back on the wagon. It's just, it's just living life, right? It's just, it's, it's not a box that I'm trying to fit into and that I got out of. It's, it's literally, we just have to think about it in a different way. So to sum this one up, Self-compassion is crucial to growth towards our goals as an ADHDer because it will help us manage that emotional roller coaster that is so lovely that is being a human with ADHD. <laughs> so those are the two keys to growth towards your goals with ADHD. And I want you to ask yourself right now, what area do I want to grow in? Is it my health and fitness goals? Do I want to be able to lift heavier weights? Do I want to be able to run a mile? Do I want to be able to lose weight? Are your goals financial? Do you want to 
pay off your debt or have financial freedom? Or is it in your career? Do you want to to get a promotion or make a certain amount of money in your career or help a certain amount of people? Whatever it is, pick one goal that means the most to you to make some growth towards that goal, right? And and you might have noticed that I, I'm never saying reaching your goals. I'm just saying making growth because to me, it's much more satisfying. And honestly, this is a human thing. It's much more satisfying to be in the process and experience growth versus reaching our goals, right? And I know that sounds counterintuitive. We can talk about that on another podcast because that's a whole nother discussion. But making growth feels good, right? If sometimes we get so overwhelmed that we're not at the big, the end goal yet, that it feels like we haven't made any motion. We have to pay attention to those tiny steps because it happens in tiny steps. So whatever your goal is, what do you need to give yourself now? Do you need a bit more structure or a bit more self-compassion in that goal? If you need both, right? You're like, shoot, well, I don't have a structure and I don't have self-compassion. Then start with the self-compassion piece. Because when we can forgive ourselves for being less than perfect, we foster more positive emotions. And again, I've said this like five times already this episode, but positive emotions breed more positive results. And I understand, number one, that these are can sound like fluff, right? And you're like, well, how do I actually do that? Stick around this podcast if you do want to know how to do that, because that's what I like to talk about is I know I like to talk about these concepts that seem kind of like bigger picture concepts. And then I like to really teach you actually the nitty gritty how to do them as well, because otherwise it's just confusing. You're like, well, I don't know how to be nicer to myself, right? So when it comes to that self-compassion, I know, and I want to address this because I think some of you might be thinking like, well, what works best for me is shaming myself into better behavior, right? Like when I feel so disgusted with my body and so shameful that that's what motivates me to start a diet or whatever, okay? And I'm not going to disagree with that. I think that that can start momentum, right? But if this has worked for you in the past, I want you to think about how long did this work for you? Because my guess is not very long. And whatever results you got from that self-hate, right, that fueled your change, do you still have those results? Because structure without self-compassion, aka shaming ourselves into better behavior, often ends up in that self-sabotage and brings us right back to square one. Or we reach the goal and we don't feel the feelings that we wanted to feel when we reach the goal, right? We're like, oh my gosh, I thought when I had this body that I would feel confident. I don't feel that way. I still hate my body. That's because you fueled your entire journey with negative emotions. So yes, you're still going to feel negative emotions when you get to the finish line. So I just thought want, I wanted to bring that that up for a moment and just say that to any of you that are thinking that about self-compassion. And I hope you enjoyed this first episode of Vibrancy with ADHD. I hope it brought you so much value and inspiration and comfort. And if it did, can I ask you a quick favor? Could you please leave me a rating and review in iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this? 
I want to help as many women with ADHD as I can to cultivate a more positive mindset when it comes to health and wellness and to grow towards their goals. And the more people I can get this podcast in front of, the more of a chance there is that I can do that and help shift mindsets. And so if you leave me a rating review, that would help more people see this podcast and I would appreciate it so much. And if that's not your jam, you don't want to do that. Maybe you feel called to share this in a different way. Maybe you feel called to taking a screenshot and sharing it with a friend or copying the link and sharing it with somebody that you know could benefit. Either way, whatever you do, thank you times a million. I appreciate it so much. And even if you're just being here and you're not doing those things and you're listening and enjoying the podcast, that is cool with me too. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next time on Vibrancy with ADHD. Toodaloo!